I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 70. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. One of the things I try to do on this podcast is give you tools and tips that you can use to keep you interested in reading your Bible for yourself. Interacting with God's Word in a variety of ways keeps things fresh and interesting. And of course, we use songs like For King and Country's Shoulders to guide us to particular sections of scripture every week. And we use these songs as inspiration. This week's song actually starts out by demonstrating a Bible interaction tool that I want to talk about today. Let's listen and see if you can figure out which one. I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No. My strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and the mountains. Did you figure out the Bible interaction tool I was talking about? And it's not read in an Australian accent. However, I really wish I could do that. But the tip is to read out loud and not like a robot, but with feeling and drama like For King and Country did here. I suggest you go as far as even playing soft music or dramatic music in the background. One of my favorite things to do is read uh, with my relaxation station playing on Pandora. And that's just playing in the background. It doesn't have any words to distract me, but I can it can really set the mood. I've actually listened to music while reading and studying pretty much my whole life. I remember doing it in college as well, just getting um, CDs back in those days where you could play just uh, uh, accompaniment music in the background while I read. So, But I also read and study and write with my epic soundtracks station playing. Sometimes I like to feel the drama and The Bible is full of dramatic phrases and stories, and so if I'm reading something dramatic, uh, nothing like having kind of a Transformers soundtrack or Braveheart or Narnia or all of those types of soundtracks have this wonderful dramatic music, and so you can play that station, or I use Pandora, but whatever kind of um, online radio station that you want to try. In fact, I switched to that station, the my epic soundtrack station, I was when I was actually working on putting this podcast together, and I started reading in Psalm 121 with kind of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack was playing in the background, and it really adds drama to my reading, and sometimes it'll help me kind of slow 
down and think about and allow uh, the words to really come to life. And then I say read out loud because that's another way to really slow down. And you're adding that audio of reading the words uh, to your experience. You can hear yourself reading the words out loud. I mean, you can hear me read the words on this podcast or the first verse of Psalm 120 or first two verses of Psalm 121 here with our song, but it comes alive in a different way when you hear yourself read it. And this Bible interaction tool does come with a warning, however. If you're like me, if you're reading out loud, you might begin to wonder out loud too, also known as talking to yourself. But do you know what that means? It means that you're interacting with God's word. If you turn your verbal ponderings from directing directed to yourself and you take those verbal ponderings and you direct them to the author of the book that you're reading, which of course is God, then you're interacting with God himself. And then you can really look out because that's exactly what he wants a relationship with you. He will talk back through his spirit or speak directly to you in the words that you're reading and pondering. So let's get back to the song. It was inspired, of course, by Psalm 121, and For King and Country sings this chorus. Psalm 121 confirms what this song proclaims, and that is that our help comes from the Lord. And I want to spend the rest of the podcast unpacking this short eight-verse psalm. Uh, So let's start at the beginning, right where our song began, began as well. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? That's a question that the psalmist is asking. He answers, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. And I'm reading it in the New Living Translation, but we're going to talk about using some other Bible interaction tools later that'll send you to some different translations. Now, I can relate looking up to the mountains for help or for peace. You know, I grew up in Idaho near the mountains, and I am definitely a mountain girl. And a lot of my friends that I live with in the South now are beach people, but I will take the mountains any day. And I was telling someone just the other day, I actually feel closer to God in the mountains. It is peaceful, and it is full of life. And if I ever run away, it will be to the mountains. But I may get away in the mountains, but my help does not come from running away and hiding in the mountains. These mountains are not the source of my help. The maker of the mountains is my help. But let's consider the context of what the psalmist was saying when he was talking about when he said, I look up to the mountains, does my help come from there? Now, this psalm is known as a psalm of ascents. 
and uh, meaning ascending, like going up. So there are 15 psalms that fall into this category, and they are thought to be sung by either the Israelites as they were returning from Babylon to Jerusalem in the time of Ezra, or perhaps they were sung by pilgrims that were ascending to Jerusalem several times a year for festivals, or it may be both. It might have, you know, began in the history when they ascended from Babylon to Jerusalem and then continued on as a tradition as they, as the um, Israelites would go back to, or the Jewish people would go back to Jerusalem to celebrate festivals. So the mountains in this case, in this verse, represent home. You know, that place where you belong, where you came from, where your history lies. There is laughter in the hallways. It smells like your favorite dessert. Generations gather together here. You have that special spot at home. You have family at home. You have shelter at home. You have love at home. Did I mention you belong here? So with that profound longing, the psalmist looks to the mountains to home, to provide assistance. But just like I mentioned happens to me, when I when I let myself ponder and think, uh, I begin to ask questions. And that's what the psalmist does. And he asks a question, a really good one. Does my help come from there? As much longing and emphasis and good feelings and desire that I have for this place, even though I can smell the cherry pie and hear the laughter and feel the love, I realize in that moment that my help does not come from there. Home is a comfortable place, but it is not my comforter. Home provides shelter, but it is not my fortress. Home has some special spots. But it is not my hiding place. There may be laughter at home, but it it is not joy. Home may be a peaceful place, but it is not my peace. My help comes from the maker of heavens and earth. And he's the maker of home too, but my help comes from him. So what kind of help does the maker of heaven and earth and the mountains provide? Well, let's keep reading. In verses 3 and 4, we'll see. He, he will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. Now, this is an excellent verse to use another Bible interaction tool that I've introduced before, and that is reading in a variety of versions or translations. And one of the best online tools I've found to do this, especially if you're reading a single verse in a variety of versions, is BibleHub.com. And because there's a parallel setting, so you can look up a verse and uh, click on the parallel setting and you can see uh, all of those verses, just that verse listed over and over and over again in different versions. And so I begin to see the variety of ways that this first statement, he will not let you stumble, is translated. And I see he will not let you stumble. He will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot be moved. He will not give your foot to shaking. He will not let you fall. That's the kind of helper that we serve, the maker of heaven and earth and the mountain. 
And I can't think of this without thinking of Habakkuk. And there's a verse there that says, The sovereign Lord is my strength in 319. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. And I was putting all this information together to talk about on the podcast. And (laughs) as it so happened, which I don't believe in those kinds of things, my husband is kind of flipping through Facebook and he said, look at this. And he showed me some pictures of some of mountain goats. And there were, were a variety of pictures, but one of them just really jumped out at me. They're, they were These mountain goats were scaling a practically vertical wall of rock. And he, he was like, I don't get that. Like, what's the purpose? And in, in his mind, he was asking, why would God even create a goat that could do this? And in my mind, I was thinking so that he could show us this example. And so um, every once in a while, I just wish I could show you a picture on the podcast. And so this is one of those times. And so today it is really worth it to click over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 70 to see the picture that I'm talking about. And when I say it is a practically vertical wall of rock, I mean it. This goat is actually climbing it. And uh, he, he's sure-footed. Because he's staying on the side of this mountain. And it dawns on me that someone listening right now, you feel that there's a barrier in front of you. And perhaps you started out in the foothills and you slowly were ascending. But then your circumstances got steeper and steeper and steeper until you're barely able to hang on. Call out to your helper He will not let your foot slip, not even a little bit. I went rock climbing one time, and it's hard. Can I tell you that? Uh, I really appreciate the version that says, He will not give your foot to shaking. Because when you're hanging there on the side of a mountain or the side of a a rock wall that you're climbing like a real one, not, not in the AC with the harnesses and all that, your muscles are tired, you you shake. But my helper, my sovereign Lord, who is my strength, makes me sure-footed. He will not let my foot slip. He, he won't even let it shake. He makes me able to tread upon the heights. But it doesn't stop there. Did you hear it when I read the verse? The one who watches over you will not slumber or sleep. And I'm going to get to the idea that God watches over us because it mentions it again in the next verse. But I want to talk about this idea that God never sleeps. I've always found great comfort in the idea that God never sleeps. I remember learning this from my grandfather. He would tell me about the characteristics of God to comfort me and to tell me about this God that he served and he loved so much. And this was one of the characteristics. God would never miss a thing. He wasn't going to doze off right as the monster under my bed was going to come out and get me because God never sleeps. He, he doesn't take a nap. You know, he wasn't going to miss my game or my award ceremony. He doesn't get drowsy during my long explanations or uh, when I ponder my what I'm worried about or talk about my problems. He's not falling asleep on the couch listening to me. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. So I hopped over to Bible Hub to do a quick word study on the difference between sleep and slumber because I was wondering why the two words, you know, in English, they're like synonyms. So was it 
like that, where it's a synonym, uh, just so that it's to say the same thing twice. You know, whenever something is repeated in the Bible, it carries more weight. But let me tell you what I found was so neat. The Hebrew word for slumber means what you think it means. And it means what my grandfather taught me as a young child. It means God doesn't get sleepy or even drowsy. He doesn't sleep. Uh, But what about the Hebrew word for sleep? Now, the Hebrew word translated as sleep can, of course, literally mean sleep, which is why it was translated that way. Figuratively, it can mean death. But then I found this. It carries with it the idea of growing old or stale. Don't you love that? God doesn't grow old or stale. Your helper who watches over you not only doesn't sleep or even get drowsy, but he doesn't get stale. That fits right in with the creative God that I know. My relationship with him over all of these years has been anything but stale. The Lord himself watches over you. That's what is is coming up in the next verse. This God, this helper God of ours who watches over us. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't get stale. He himself, verse 5 says, watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. There it is again. The Lord watches over over you. So if we use our parallel version trick that we used earlier, we use that again. We see this verse five that um, it's, it's translated as the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your protector and the Lord is your guardian. Keeper, watcher, protector, and guardian. That is who God is. And he himself watches over you. What has the enemy been telling you? Has the accuser been telling you that God doesn't care about you? I love the idea that we have angels that keep watch over us. But when I read this, this this idea that God himself watches over me, I feel even more loved. You know, I get babysitters for my children when I cannot be with them. Or let's be honest, when I need a break, a date night or something like that. But my guardian, he watches over me himself. He doesn't need a break from me. He is not weary. My relationship with him does not get stale, not because of me, but because of him. I spent the week in Orlando with my family uh, and another family of dear friends. It was a great vacation, but can I tell you, it was hot. The heat index was over 100 degrees as we were trudging through theme parks, yippee. And at one point on Wednesday, I was starting to feel a little nauseous. And my youngest piped up and, and said what I was thinking, Mama, I don't feel too good. You know, so we, we found some shade and a place of rest to get hydrated. And heat exhaustion, it's, it's real. You know, even though we were there to have fun, that consistent beating down of the sun and the high heat you know, and and of course the cement just reflecting that heat off at us, it meant we were getting weak and nauseous. And and you might be in a season that's not bad. It could even be fun. I mean, I was in a theme park. We were riding roller coasters. We were getting splashed. I mean, there was a lot of fun to be had. But you might be in a season that's not even bad, but it actually might even be fun. But it might be wearing you down, kind of like the beating sun and the unbearable heat that we felt this week in those theme parks. So when the psalm says, The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. 
the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. I can totally identify with that statement now more than ever. I even read an article this week. It talked about moonstroke, where the full moon can cause mood swings, uh, anything from mood swings to numbness and coordination loss. Our protector, he covers that too. So let's look at our final two verses in Psalm 121. Of course, they bring comfort as well. They say, The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. For the third time, it talks about God watching over us. But not just now, but for forever. That's a promise to cling to. But what about this idea that the Lord keeps you from all harm? I've actually been thinking about this quite a bit. I, I recently read that harm is not the same thing as hurt. It was in a business book, and it was about people letting people go when an ending is truly necessary. And as business people, we don't like that part of the business because we don't want to hurt people. But hurt is not the same as harm. It may hurt their feelings, but in the long run, it frees them to pursue something that they're more suited to. So on the heels of that, I think about what this scripture is saying. The Lord keeps you from all harm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you will not experience hurt and pain. There are many times in my life when, I, when I've endured suffering. And then when enough time has passed, I, and I'm further down in the journey, just a few steps further, I can look back and I can see that maybe what the enemy intended for evil, God intended for good. And, and he even redeemed what might have been defined as harm and turned it into an investment in me and ultimately in how he wants to use me in the kingdom. I'm in no way trying to diminish any suffering that you may be going through. But perhaps it's worth a bit of pondering. Just just join me in pondering this idea that our guardian, our protector, our keeper, our watchman helper over our life keeps us from harm, even though we may experience pain. Because... You mend what once was shattered And you turn my tears to laughter Your forgiveness is my fortress Oh, your mercy is relentless I love that lyric, your mercy is relentless. In episode 67, we talked about the enemy being relentless. And I love to think of God's mercy being relentless. He's the redeemer of our circumstances. He is the source of our help. Call out to him. So what's next? Well, I recommend following the path that I took this week. I introduced a few Bible interaction tools that you could employ this week to keep it interesting. Pull out Psalm 121 and read it every day. Try reading it in different translations and try reading it out loud, maybe even with some epic background music. Come on, try it. God isn't stale. Your interaction with his word shouldn't be either. I didn't mention it in the body of the podcast today, but journal your journey. You'll be amazed at what will come out when you take some time to do that. The psalmist asked a question right at the very beginning of this psalm. If nothing else, follow that example and ask a few questions. Jot them down in your journal. 
And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me directly, michelle at michellekneezat.com. On my website, there's a way to leave a voicemail. You'll just click on send me a voicemail. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook and talk about what you're learning. Just use the hashtag more than a song. And then finally, a few quick announcements before we leave today. I want to personally thank you for listening with a gift. I don't want you to have any excuses for not having God's word front and center every day. So just log on to my website at michellekneezat.com and subscribe with your name and email address. And I will email you memory verse resources each week to display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or to print out and place in the best location for you. It's just a small token of my thanks and hopefully a useful tool for you. I want to shout out to Erica from Ohio, Patricia from Louisiana, and Justine from California. They are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe in iTunes. And while you're there, leave me a written review and a star rating. I would really appreciate it. It encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Erica, who simply said, love this podcast. Thank you so much, Erica. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use That Was Then, This Is Now by Josh Wilson. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 70. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.